Welcome to the Reality Show Life Coach Podcast, the only podcast that brings on weekly guests to drop self-help wisdom on the casts of popular reality shows like The Bachelor. I'm your host, Lynn Grogan. I am a certified life coach who helps people escape the status quo and live a fulfilling life on their own terms. Let's go. It's the Reality Show Life Coach with Lynn Grogan. All right. Welcome back to the Reality Show Life Coach Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about season 45, episode 13, the finale of Survivor. Uh, This season flew by so fast. I can't believe it's over. I uh, have loved this season. I love season 44, and now I really love season 45. This new era of Survivor has been so fun and so challenging, and uh, you know, it just keeps on throwing in twists and turns and all that good stuff. So, um, I'm going to jump right into it. You might notice I'm flying solo again. Um, it's, it's been really funny to like plan out these seasons because you never quite know how many episodes that there, there are going to be. And there were two more than I thought there were would be this season. So flying solo. And this is also fun because this is the last thing I need to do before I'm on holiday end of year break. So I feel like kind of like a little kid, like, get it done, get it done, go on break. So uh, if this is the last thing I do before break, this is amazing, right? Because <laughs> this is so fun for me to do this podcast. So um, if we haven't met before, my name is Lynn. I am a certified life coach. And yep, this is my podcast. I talk about reality shows <laughs> and I break it down from a life coaching perspective. So anyway, finale, Survivor. Uh, this was a long one. This was, you know, if you watched it live, it was three hours long on the recap, uh, you know, the replay, it was two, two plus hours long. And a lot happened in this episode. We start out, um, with a reminder that Jake has found an idol. Um, Jake plays this in a very Jake way. He's like, I'm going to keep this secret and proceeds to tell everybody that he has an idol, which then in turn kind of messes with everyone's gameplay because, um, First, he tells Austin. Austin tells D. D tells Julie. Julie tells you know Katura. Like finds out. I think Jake tells her. Um, so everybody knows. Um, before they had learned that Jake had an idol, everybody was kind of maybe sort of thinking about voting on him, and obviously that threw a wrench in things. Um, so you know we go to the immunity challenge. Austin wins, so he's out, and then obviously Jake is out. So that just leaves D, Katura, and Julie. Um, for everyone to pick from. And this was a really interesting tribal council because there was no continuity here. I don't know what the conversations were like in total right before they went to the um, tribal council, but um, there was like basically a vote on everybody except for Austin and Julie ended up with two two votes on her. Um, it was supposed to be D going home. Jake and Katura were supposed to vote for D. And at the last minute, Katura changed her vote to Julie. So Julie went home. So Julie goes home. Uh, we proceed with the episode. We have the second immunity challenge. And this is the one for all the wins. Uh, this is the one that, you know, to decide who is actually going to go to the final tribal council and pick who sits beside them. And D wins this one. You kind of could have predicted this one. Um, it was one of those challenges that required a steady hand and D out of everyone has kind of the steadiest, calmest personality. Um, you know, Austin right behind her, but 
I mean, hands down, she won this one. It was kind of incredible to watch. It's one of those that I hate watching because there's so much going on. You know, they have to be so steady and so slow and so measured. And they're trying to balance all of these little cups on this tiny platform that even just like a good gust of wind could blow off. So it's one of those that really requires you to focus um, and keep your emotions in check. If you get too um, jumpy with it, if you get too eager with it, I mean, you could just hit your leg against something and topple everything, which is what we see with Jake. Jake is neck and neck with D. He's seeing like his way forward and he topples it all. And <laughs> Jake gets mad. He does something that you rarely see on Survivor where he just basically throws the challenge. He starts just stomping all over everything. Jake, uh, Jeff is telling Jake like, hey, if you break this, you're out, buddy. And Jake breaks the challenge and he doesn't have a choice. Like, and the matter, he can't like go and fix it or anything. He's just broken it. And so you just kind of see him sulking off into the background. Um, so yeah, so D wins this one. And, you know, it's usually a pretty tough call who to bring to the end and they kind of sit and toil about it forever. But it was pretty clear for D. she was going to take Austin. She really didn't want him to make fire because he probably would have succeeded and had like another win under his belt. Um, and Jake really, really wanted to make fire. You see him pleading with her, please, 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 please let me do this. And D is like, yeah, totally. You're in. Um, Jake goes against Katura. Jake ultimately wins fire. You see a lot of emotions from him there. Um, Katura, strong belief in herself, but just ultimately the skills just aren't there to meet up with it. Um, we have this amazing final tribal council. Um, all the jury shows up, asks really great questions, and ultimately D is crowned the last final remaining survivor. She wins the million dollars with Austin right behind her. She gets five votes. He gets three. So it's even just one of those final tribals where you're not quite sure where it's going to go. Uh, I thought for a second there, Austin might win, but D seemed like a very clear winner. I mean, in the last several episodes, she's just been so, so clearly solid, so in check with herself. And, you know, I, I think she's worthy of the win. I think she's a uh, been amazing, amazing player throughout. And it's just unfortunate that Austin was on a season where you have somebody like D who was just very solid, um, you know, very emotional, but kept her emotions in check. Amazing in challenges, amazing, amazing social game. So amazing. And congrats to D. So, okay. So let's break this episode down. I can totally fail my like senior itis setting in. I was like, what am I talking about? I want to be done. <laughs> let's go on Christmas break. <laughs> Oh boy. Oh boy. I'm sure you can relate. Uh, Okay. So I think a lot of this episode was interesting because a lot of Jake was featured in this. um, We see like such a range of emotions from Jake on this episode. Um, You know, I think it really started out with him kind of being at this breaking point and it's such a relatable thing but you just don't see it on Survivor as much because the stakes are so high. Like if you don't keep your emotions in check, you might be going home or you're just not seen as the type of player that would be worthy of the million dollars. Um, So from the jump, you know, we see just Jake getting really frustrated and placing a lot of blame on Katura for the D vote. Um, He and Katura had agreed that they were going to vote for D. Yeah, so we see 
um, these scenes where Jake gets so frustrated and he starts to place blame on anyone around him. I mean, mostly Katura in these scenes, you know, um, after they get back from tribal, Jake just lays it all out. Katura, this is what you're supposed to do. You made me swear on my Nana. And he's doing this all in front of everyone who's there. So obviously Dee and Austin are also there. Um, it doesn't come across in a good light, honestly, for him. I mean, I think there's typically a lot of decorum on the show where you're holding back a lot, or you might just take somebody off to the side or wait till a private moment to just say, Hey, what was up with that? Um, you know, and at least think through things and you can just tell that Jake is being super reactive. Um, again, I think this is something that we can all relate to is, you know, if you're hangry or you're just at wit's end, or you just haven't really been able to, you know, process your emotions, um, or release them, or you're just overwhelmed, it can be really hard to keep your cool and not be reactive. Um, I think especially on Survivor where, you know, they're hungry, they're tired, they're being asked to do things that even on the best day in their day-to-day life would be really challenging for them um, and all and, and, you know, expecting to kind of put forth this persona that's, you know, calm and pleasant and willing to work with other people. And Jake has just kind of lost it at this point. Um I'm sure in watching this back, he wishes he had done some things differently there. Like maybe not has have been more reactionary or maybe had thought through it a little bit more. I mean, the reason Katura shares back with him that she didn't follow through on the plan is she just wasn't given enough information to actually trust he was going to do what he was going to do. And she wanted to save her game and she wanted to save her place in it. And that's why she ultimately voted for Julie instead of D. I'm sure after seeing that D won it all, she was wishing she had stuck with her vote, but she wasn't given enough, she said, from Jake in order to go through with this. You know, so she was taking responsibility for her side of things, but Jake really wasn't. He was looking for somebody to blame because he felt so terrible. And I mean, when we're in that state, uh, I mean, one of the very best things that we can do is just take a pause, take a beat and take a walk or something like uh, if Jake had just even taken a moment to walk down the beach, um, you know, excuse himself for a moment just to check in, just to see where he was at and just kind of consider the big picture. Like, what is the impact of me unleashing on Couture right now? I wonder if he would have changed his course of action. But often when we're in those, you know, we're flying hot. It's really hard to take those moments to pause and check in and do that. I mean, I myself am very guilty of this from time to time. It seems like in the moment, like the most satisfying thing for that short-term gratification is to blame someone else or unleash on somebody else because it does, I mean, frankly, it does release some emotion, but the long-term impact of that is, you know, that you are potentially hurting the other people there or in the case of Jake in the game, um, Couture is not going to trust him moving forward unless she absolutely has to, like unless he's the last person in the game. Uh, And, you know, it's damaging to that relationship. I think if this had happened earlier in the season, he for sure would have been voted out because he's not somebody that seems seen as trustworthy or um, steady, to be honest, steady on his feet, steady with his emotions. So um, anyway, we see this kind of this theme throughout the episode. Um, That was really interesting with that um, first immunity challenge, the one that Austin won, Jake was right behind him. And the reason that he didn't win is because there was a puzzle piece that was right in front of him, but he didn't see. It was kind of like tucked off to the side. Um, and 
you know, from whatever state that Jake was in, he didn't see this puzzle piece and that's why he didn't win. And Jeff points us out. He says, Hey Jake, you missed the puzzle piece. Um, I thought it was really interesting that Jeff brought this up because, you know, it, it does point out that Jake is missing things. Jake isn't on his game. Um, but it's potential, you know, maybe Jeff was thinking, uh, he was helping Jake out by pointing out like, Hey, you're missing things. Take a beat. Think about what you're doing. You're missing things. You're ruining your game, bro. Um, I mean, it just speaks again to where Jake is at in the game. Um, you can see that other people are in the same circumstances as him, but dealing with their environment in a very, very different way. Um, I will say to Jake's credit, he doesn't give up. Like, even though he expresses emotions, he stomps over things, he blames people. Um, he's really hard on himself. He doesn't like leave the game. He doesn't quit like other people have this season. He does stay with it. Um, so there is some part of him that sees that it is worth it to stay, even if he feels so terrible. And even if he kind of feels like everything is against him. Um, I do think that his crowning moment of this whole episode and for him, probably, you know, he expresses in his life is that he does ask to make fire and he does succeed. And you can tell he's super proud of himself in those moments. Um, one thing I really liked about what Jake had to say is, you know, they have this moment where he does succeed and he does make fire and he does get to the final three. And, you know, Jeff is asking him like, what is this like for you? And he's just like, I just wish I could go back. I wish I could do Jake's accent, but he's like, I wish I could go back and tell 15 year old Jake, Hey, like, look at what we did here. Like, look at what we can accomplish. You made it buddy. Um, I just, I love that moment. Cause I think about, you know, I think there's for all of us like that, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 year old per version of ourselves inside that, you know, from time to time, we just really want to make that part of us super proud um, and it is a little bit disappointing sometimes when you ask yourself that question, like, what would my 11 year old self think about this, uh, what I'm doing in life right now? And if the answer isn't positive, it can be kind of a bummer. And so for a 15 year old Jake, you would have been super proud of him. Like, Hey, you're not, you don't end up this fat kid who, you know, whatever trajectory maybe he thought he was going to be on when he was 15. Like you really do make it buddy. Um, it was a cool moment. It was filled with emotion and, you know, it's, I'm glad that they showed it on this episode because it was kind of one of those moments that probably made all of those moments of frustration and moments he wished he could have switched like worth it to have that experience in his life. Um, I was actually kind of like thinking about this for myself, you know, like, Oh, what would my, you know, 12 year old self think? of my life right now. And, you know, it was like fun to think about because I think she'd think it was pretty rad <laughs> that I was, you know, that I'm traveling around, uh, that I, you know, this year, uh, started my own business that we're, um, you know, living off solar power, uh, that I'm starting to play music. And I think she'd be super, super proud of everything that all the decisions I've made up to this point. Um, maybe a few that, she wishes I would have done differently, but overall the sum total of it is quite proud. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. We can have those moments. I mean, that's something that you could ask yourself right now too. It's like, you know, what would, what would that 15 year old version of me think about all this? What would that 12 year old version, whatever age calls to you, <laughs> you could go with that. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, Jake doesn't get any votes at the end, but I don't think he necessarily expected it at that point, sitting next to Dean Austin, who arguably played some of the best games I have seen in a super long time. Um, but I think just making it to that third place, making it through the end and everything that he went through was satisfying for him. I'd be curious to read interviews now with him, just, you know, now that the show is complete, but who knows? Um, let's see what else in this. Um, well, I mean, obviously I have to talk about D one of the things that I have loved about D throughout is this like belief in herself. Like you can't win survivor and play small and not have some like, uh, like a great amount of belief in yourself that you can actually do it. What it takes to be out there and to make the decisions that they're making on a regular basis, taking the risks that they are requires you to draw on these parts of yourselves that, you know, it's like confidence you didn't know that you had, risk-taking abilities you didn't know you had. And I love how Dee just like owns it. Um, you know, she, she has spoken that, um, you know, she just kind of knew at the end, like, yeah, I kind of thought going into this, I was going to get it. Like she's was able to evaluate her game and everything that she had done up to that point. She's like, yeah, this is mine. The other thing I think is pretty, I don't know. I think um, inspirational is not the word I want to go for here, but I think something just to bear in mind is like a lot of these game was that, you know, she was playing for herself and she wanted to impress herself, but she really had this like very purposeful why um, for the game. She wanted to like win the money and retire her parents um, and be able to do give back to her parents in the way that they had been giving to her. And so a lot of the, you know, she won three immunity challenges. She comes back and said, I just thought of my family the whole time. I thought of my family. And I think um, uh, this is a, something that I've seen come up in coaching a lot throughout the years is, you know, having conversations with people. And even, you know, with myself, it's like, it's really easy when you're doing something scary to get into your own head and to second guess yourself and to doubt yourself and to think of all the reasons why you can't do something. And one of, I wouldn't call it necessarily like a hack, but a shift that I see is helpful for most people is if you can switch it around and think about the impact of what you're doing on other people, um, how that can somehow ease the tension that you have for yourself. So one of the things that um, came up a lot, you know, back in the day when I was just first starting coaching is, you know, just imagine that there are like a hundred people in a room that desperately need your help and they're just waiting for you to walk through the door. How do you show up? You know, and it was suddenly just like, oh, well, wow, they really, you know, want my help. They really need my help. It was like a way of shifting things to stop thinking about yourself so much and instead thinking about the other people who just need you to show up and be yourself. Um, and I think that's kind of it for D is just sort of like if it had just maybe been for her, oh, this would be kind of a cool thing to do. Um, yay, the money would be great. I don't know if she would have played the same way she did if she wasn't like eyes on the prize. I am doing this for my family. And, you know, also because, you know, I'm doing it for myself, like this thing I want to achieve. I've been thinking about it for a while. She has spoken about all the work that she did going into it to be mentally, physically, 
uh, emotionally prepared to be in the game, to play in a certain way that, you know, her natural inclinations out in the quote unquote real world, she was able to set those to the side. So, you know, she's spoken about, you know, she doesn't lie to people in her real life. She's not as direct as she was on the game. Um, that kind of thing. Um, being able to put her showmance with Austin to the side to continue to make choices that would help her get to the end, um, knowing what an impact that could have had on her relationship with Austin. So there's just a lot of elements there that I thought were really cool to see playing out um, because it's just, like I said, I've seen it playing out in, um, you know, coaching relationships that I've had throughout the years is when you can take the focus off yourself and think about the bigger picture, that can be the thing that is, needed in order to move forward and not be in your head so much. Um, let's see what else from this episode. I mean, there's so much in here. I mean, I think a lot of this, uh, has been talked about in the previous episodes of, you know, reality show life coach of this season of just really the amount of belief that goes into things. I mean, Katura, it was amazing to watch her in this episode in the last several episodes, um, watching her story unfold and, you know, to the very last fire making challenge, her belief in herself, it would have been very easy for her to be just like, I don't know how to make fire or I've only done this a little bit, but it was just like, you can do it. You can do it. You can see that like, it's the way that she's talking to herself that helps her continue to show up. Um, same for Julie, um, same for all, all of the players there at the end. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think in some, like I'm super happy for D that she won. I think she is a worthy winner. Um, I think, you know, I think back to previous seasons and I would say the last several seasons I've been really happy with who's who's risen to the top I think um you know obviously the jury picking who the winner is I think they are invested in a certain way that they're evaluating things um from all angles their own experience of the game but also you know thinking through from for a lot of them a very almost um evaluative standpoint of like, who's worthy of this million dollars. And so it was great to see D win. Um, let's see what else from this episode. I mean, I thought a really cool moment was all the lawyers being revealed as liars. <laughs> Even Jake said he lied. Uh, you know, it was really funny when they're all having pizza and champagne at the end and Jake's just like, yeah, I don't practice law in the way I said I did. Um, you know, and of course, Couture reveals that she is a lawyer and Julie as well. And I think there's a lot of fun shock, uh, when that came out. And, uh, I think it was interesting too, with Katura how many people were like, Katura, you need to go to law school. Um, so even though she didn't reveal to them that, you know, she's an attorney, they can see that side of her. Like, I think, you know, sometimes when we're doing the things we're meant to be doing, you can't help but show up in a way that makes people think like, yeah, yeah, I can see it there. I can see it there. So um, all in all, great season. It's been so fun to watch and it has been, uh, you know, really interesting to cover it on this podcast. Um, We've done a couple different shows now. You know, we started with The Bachelorette over the summer, um, talking about the dating world, very different than talking about survivor world. So it's been fun to have that contrast of conversations. So this wraps it for this last bit season of uh, reality show Life Coach for Survivor. Um, to be honest, I don't know what's next, <laughs> but I have a whole week off to think about what is next for the show. Um, 
So it uh, might be back in a couple of weeks we might, or it might be another plan. I'll give an update on, you know, the podcast as to what direction things will be going in. If you have any ideas for the show, feel free to reach out to me, Lynn at lingrogan.com or uh, message me on Instagram. I'm at lingrogan on Instagram. DM me, comment on things um, and let me know what you think. Uh, it's so fun to talk about TV shows in this way and to break it down in a different perspective for coaching. So anyway, uh, happy 2023. We're about to wrap up this year and I will talk to you in the new year. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced by Josh Jones. Our theme music is by David Delaney of the Whiskey Boys. You can find him at whiskeyboys.com or click the link in the show notes. If you like what you've heard today, share this podcast with a friend.